It's August 11th. No. <laughs> it's the 12th. I, I lose track of time. And it's 9.43 in the morning. Um, I'm recording from Rochester, Minnesota. This is Brandon Heckman um, um, of endogenous.tech. Um, and <clears throat> this, this recording is part of the podcast series, Culture Catalyzes Climate. Um, and, and for those of you new to the podcast, the, the, the purpose of this podcast series is to look at the very, very complex web of human interactions spanning the globe as a chemical system that is affecting global climatologic chemistry in really profound and remarkable ways. And so this podcast and its parent website, endogenous.tech, seeks to, oh, how do you spell endogenous.tech? <laughs> E-N-D-O-G-E-N-O-U-S dot T-E-C-H, endogenous.tech. That's our website. The objective of my work as an artist, as an author, and as a philosopher <clears throat> is to liberate us as a species so that we can fulfill our chemical destiny. What is that chemical destiny? Elsewhere in this podcast, you've seen where I've presented the possibility that the human species can be one of two things. It can be caustic or catalytic. What do those things mean? Well, a caustic chemical system burns down the world. It's acidic. It dissolves chemical bonds. It dissolves physical bonds. And it unmakes the lived vitality of the master system that the, that the caustic chemical is entered into. Looks a lot like what we're doing to our climate. <clears throat> Looks a lot like what we're doing to our, our physical and chemical planet. It also looks a lot like what we're doing to ourselves. Not just psychologically on an individual level, but, but you know, on, on much higher levels of organization to the traditions of our governing bodies, <clears throat> the, 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 the directions of culture, and of course, our ailing economies. The, the, if, if, if the human species is a chemical system, the caustic chemical system hypothesis holds a lot of water. What I believe is true about the human system is a bit more of a long shot. And while there's lots of anecdotal evidence throughout our, our culture and throughout our history that what I believe is true is true, about what it is that we're doing as a chemical system, we've never seen another species accomplish a catalytic conversion of the planetary epoch before. We've never seen that happen. So there's no evidence to say that species are, first of all, chemical systems, and secondly, that they're capable of transforming the world uh, that through, through, through metamorphic processes. 
We've never seen that happen before. So I can only theorize that that is the potential that the human species can rise to fulfill. It's a hell of a long shot. What, is a cat, what, what does catalyst mean? A catalyst in, 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 in chemistry, a catalyst can, under, can be understood to be a, a chemical substance that is added to a solution. A solution is something that's suspended in, in liquid. You know, and we, we, we sort of have two liquid mediums on the surface of this planet. We have the ocean and we have the atmosphere. Both of those are, are, are you, can, you can look at in, in, in higher orders of resolution as um, aqueous. <clears throat> A catalyst takes reactions that are happening inside of a solution and it speeds them up. And it drives them to their natural fulfillment, their natural epoch, apex, their natural progression, until they come to, to, to their climax, they come to their end. And what's interesting is the catalyst doesn't get incorporated into that new solution. It's, it's, it just is, it, it's, 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 it's like its company is enough to stimulate the solution to be excited and, and progress forward with greater velocity. Now what's consequential about catalysts is that, is that generally we look at catalysts <clears throat> as metamorphic processes. Everybody, and that, and, and that includes the human species as, as a whole, is part of a chemical system that we call a narrative, a, 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 a story. In a very real way, atoms are characters in an alphabet. And chemical systems, chemicals, chemicals are words. Cellular systems are novels. You know, you're living text. You're living self-editing text. When, 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 you, when you have this sensation or this, 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 this sense that your life is a story, From a material level, that's really true. From a chemical level, it's really true. The atoms that compose you are the letters in the sacred alphabet that resolve into the, 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 the physical representation of the chemical system story that is you. And that carries out farther and farther and farther beyond you and rises higher and higher and higher beyond you so that all things in the universe resolve as a really elaborate, many-layered chemical system that also happens to be a story system. In Bloom theory, story is one of the, core, the three core domains um, <clears throat> that, that describe how the universe calculates being. There are three domains in Bloom theory, game theory, song theory, and story theory. 
And I, I really ought to put up a Bloom Theory podcast. I've been, I, I'm so stingy with Bloom Theory. <laughs> it's very precious to me. Um, and I'd rather keep it off the board as something. Oh, well, I mean, whatever. I, 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 I need to put it out there. So what is today's podcast about? We're eight minutes into the podcast, and I've given new listeners a commercial for what the podcast is about. I guess I should also tell new listeners that the podcast is pretty far-reaching. You know, there's, there's, there's a lens for viewing the human being and the circumstances that the human being is, is in in, in, the, in these very dark and, and unsettling times. I'm someone who has seen Donald Trump coming for a long time. I've, I've seen, you know, there's, there, there, there's, with, with the USA Patriot Act, <clears throat> there was an opening that was created in the United States government for the executive to attain dictatorial power, tyrannical power. That's what the USA Patriot, Patriot Act does is it sets the stage to hand our badly battered democracy at that point, coming out of the, the, the Clinton impeachments, um, coming out of the Reagan controversies, coming out of you know the AIDS crisis, coming out of all of those things that, 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 that battered our naive nation in the 80s and the 90s. Democracy was on the rocks. And then we have an act of terrorism. <sighs> you know, the, the, the 9-11 truthers will tell you it was an inside job. Still an act of terrorism. <laughs> and that moved us into a, a post-democracy. And that is what this podcast is about. But I'm just trying to, 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 to bring new, new viewers up to speed about what it is that, 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 that I'm doing with my work. <clears throat> Moved us into a post-democracy. And, and you know, what, what <clears throat> readers of endogenous tech, what listeners of, Indo- of Cap- Culture Catalyzes Climate will tell you is I'm, I'm a big fan of Plato. Not the clay. <laughs> the philosopher. And Plato's got a lot to say on the subject of democracy. And what, what Plato says is, is that, that, that modes of collective government follow certain patterns. And he identifies five distinct phases of human rule. Democracy is his least favorite. Largely because it's a mess. And ultimately, because it's only from democracies that tyrannies can arise. And tyrannies are the last mode of government governance. It's only in democracies that, that tyrannies can rise up. So Plato is not a fan of democracy. And democracy is not a fan of Plato. <laughs> he can, in college campuses, he's, he's, he's often derided as anti-democratic. But the, but the truth of the matter is he wrote thousands of years ago. And what he describes as happening in democracies are, are, are happening now. You know, mob rule, corruption, fan, f- obsession with entertainment, massive wealth generation, 
great instability, <clears throat> very short lifespans of, of the culture, of, 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 of the democracy. Democracy rises and falls in a very short period of time. The, the other modes of governance take their time to unfold. Democracy delivers the world to t or de delivers the landscape to, t to tyranny <clears throat> pretty rapidly. The reason that this concerns me is that the window to act to flip the human species switch to convert the progress that the human species is making across the planet in its, its physical and chemical domains, the, the progress of transformation, chemical transformation, physical transformation. You can call that climate change, but it's really industry driven by currency. The window of opportunity that we have to act, to, to flip a deeper switch so that we can change chemical shape and move out of the caustic phase of our chemi chemical expression and move into the catalytic phase of our chemical expression is pretty narrow. We don't have much time. And if the major democracies of the world, starting with the United States, fall to tyranny, we're screwed. We can't save ourselves. We can't save the world. Because tyrannies don't allow those kinds of motions because those kinds of motions threaten the, the foundational power structures of tyrannies. Tyrannies don't, don't face the world in those ways. So if democracy falls to tyranny across the globe, the guarantee of human survival mapped against the consequences of human industrial action plunges to zero. And I'd really like to guarantee human survival. So this is kind of my motivation for my work. It isn't kind of my motivation. It is my motivation for my work. <laughs> I'm scrambling to create a library of revelatory insight and information that will deliver as many people as possible to the chemical transformation that's necessary for us to get a grip on the next epoch of human being and to move us beyond industry, to move us beyond currency as we've currently practiced them, to, to start a new chapter of human expression where we move out of an opportunistic and caustic, abrasive, destructive relationship with the planet, a mad relationship with the planet. It's really insane what we do to the planet, you know? Like, it's really fucking nuts. 
<laughs> really doesn't make sense. <laughs> it's really t- terrifying when you look at it. You know, we're, we're, we're hell-bent on destroying our habitat with no, just, just totally reckless and heedless of what that says about our own survival. Oh, we'll just get another planet. No, you won't. <laughs> no, you won't. Oh, we'll go to Mars. Oh, what a bad idea that is. I'm writing a book about that. <laughs> that doesn't work. That doesn't work. You've got one planet, kids. You fuck it up, you're done. You toast. And, you know, I'm, I'm a single gay 45-year-old theorist who has no children. <clears throat> I want children. But I have no children. But I'm giving everything that I have to create a framework for revelation and insight that can deliver the world to, to generation after generation after generation of thriving children. Right now, we really don't have anybody else like that on the planet. <clears throat> So what's this podcast about today? You know, this is a big 17-minute commercial for people who are new to the podcast telling you what this is about. And one more thing about the podcast. You know, I've seen dictators like Trump coming. I've seen diseases like COVID coming for, for years. And I've been scrambling the last three years, four years, to marshal an all-out rescue operation to retrieve us from the jaws of the darkness before it's too late. Feels like it's too late, doesn't it? (laughs) Feels like it's too late. (laughs) How many... So, so, So what do we want this podcast to be about today? You've you've got your commercial for my work, my my 18-minute commercial for my work. So what do I want this podcast to be about today? I want it to be about tyranny. I want it to be about tyranny. (sighs) Because we have an executive branch. Well, we, we, we we've had since Bush a governing bush bush 2 a, a, a governing ontology that says that the executive the president has greater power and greater rights than the other two branches of government legislature and judicial that those other in, instead of instead of following the wisdom of the framers who said that government exists as a trialogue between three equal separate but equal branches of government <clears throat> which makes government and the nation holographic <sighs> bush's cronies said no 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 the president is should be king And the president and his 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 
associates should have greater laterality, greater movement, greater power, greater leverage, and greater authority than the legislature, legislature and than the judicial. That's that 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 in a nutshell says we have a political party. Half of the political dialogue in this country is run by a political party that would that, that would rather see the installation of a king or a tyrant than 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 play democracy fairly by the rules. Does that scare you? Or is it just like, no big deal? Just changing the drapes. It should scare you. Tyrannies are bad places. <laughs> Not least of which because there are secret courts and secret police. And secret prisons in which all kinds of torture and terror, heinous terror goes down. Thought police. Strange rules. Neighbors who spy on you and turn you into the authorities. No one looking out to preserve your rights and no one shepherding the, 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 the health and vitality of the biome to guarantee that your beloved children have a future to have children in. Tyrannies are about power. Democracies are about something else. One of the things that, that I think we can really be clear about after thousands of years of this human, human being game is that we actually haven't found a style of human governance that sits well with most of us. We found styles of human governance that, that, that have produced massive world-marking outcomes. And that's why we're in the world that we're in today. That's, what, that's why you have iPad, <laughs> and iPhone, <laughs> satellites, <clears throat> you know, Chevy Silverados, Mercedes-Benz, jet planes, you know, we, 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 we have what we have because we found a, a mode of government that, that produces, in, in the case of our American democracy, greater wealth. You know, that's, 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 that's ultimately what, what democracies do is they produce greater, greater wealth. That's, that's, that's the appeal. You know, and and why, why, why do we want that? Because ideally with greater wealth comes greater agency. You don't feel trapped by the conditions of your life. You don't feel stuck like you're never going to get out. You're in a position where your means allow you to rise above your circumstances. And you're more free. That's why the American dream is about attaining a modest level of wealth. For everybody. That's the American dream. 
Every man has his castle. Every man is modestly wealthy. Of course, that isn't at all <laughs> how that functions for most of us. That isn't at all the outcome that it generates. One of the things Plato tells us is that democracies is, do a bad job of taking care of their poor at the same time of really growing the body of the poor, really deepening inequality. And... You know, in Plato's time, there wasn't a concept of the middle class, but I think if Plato were alive today, he would say one of the things that it, democracies do is, is in, 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 in the first half of their evolution, they do a good job of exploding the middle class. But by the second half, the middle class gets shaken out. And the more successful members of the, this, the, the, the middle class blast off into orbit and become super rich. And everybody else falls into poverty. There's, there's a lot to be said about governance. And, 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 and we still haven't found a more perfect union. But let me tell you something. Plato makes it abundantly clear. Tyrannies rise from democracies. Democracies fall. They don't, they don't make it because the system gets gamed, it gets corrupted, and because people are selfish and they don't take care of the systems that take care of them. They'd rather obsess over cheap entertainments and when the shit hits the fan, the mob panics. And there's an opportunity there for an autocrat to rise up and some, but not all, of the people really identify with that autocrat. They really feel like their personal security and their personal future and their personal wealth is tied into the bullying power of that autocrat. And that autocrat rises to power and either through the electoral system or through a coup takes over the government. And the government falls into tyranny. One of the things that I really wish our media was doing a better job of and, 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 and is, is, is looking at the motions of the Trump executive in a broader narrative context. He's been pushing for dictatorial powers, for tyrannical powers since he got into office. He idolizes dictators idolizes dictators, loves Kim Jong-un, loves Vlad Putin, has a real love-hate relationship with China. I think, he, I th I think when, when, when you come to China, um, Trump really loves Xi Jinping, thinks he's great. But at the same time, China is an economic threat to the United States and to Trump's own massive wealth because China steals, China copies, 
<laughs> China doesn't give a damn about trademarks <laughs> and intellectual property. China's taken the American formula of opportunism and gone way overboard with it. So Trump really loves Xi Jinping because he's got an ironclad control over his people and because he's literally written himself and his thinking into the, China, the Chinese constitution. Xi Jinping will be in power for the rest of his life, and Trump thinks he is such a big dick badass, <laughs> and he wants to be just like him. He wants he, – what, 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 what Trump wants is to join the dictator's club. That's what Trump wants. And you see him make effort after effort after effort after effort after effort. To bring that into resolve in this country. He's, he's continuously stepping through the intellectual framework of the Bushies saying that the, 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 the executive should be more powerful than the legislative and the judicial. And making encroachment upon encroachment upon encroachment upon encroachment on the foundations of our democracy. This business with, with shutting down TikTok is autocratic power. I wonder if TikTok would be able to mount a Supreme Court case arguing that what Trump is doing is violating its freedom of speech. And I wonder that because I don't know if TikTok is American-owned. If, 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 you know, it's a subsidiary of a Chinese company. I don't know how that works. How, do, how, does, how, does, how does freedom of speech work if you're an, a foreign company doing business in another nation where there are, there are greater speech rights than you have in your home country. I don't know that. I don't know how that works. What I know is that it's really scary that the president is arbitrarily acting to shut down one massive company. And it's really scary that the president is arbitrarily acting to shut down an outlet of free speech. That's, that's not okay. That's not democratic. That's, that's, that's not kosher. That's tyrannical. And that's what he's pushing for. That's what he wants. And, and, and what, what we've got right now that, that is a really concerning situation is we have all of the ingredients necessary beginning with COVID, to deliver a smarter, savvier, and more chillingly brilliant tactician, a tyranny. Trump is a bull in a china shop <clears throat> on a good day. He's, he's, he's none of those things. He's not savvy. He's not smart. He's not a tactician. He's impulsive, he's brash, he's, he's, he's very powerful. But he's a bully. 
And his fundamental mode of interaction is reaction. Not calculation, not consideration, not computation, not plotting, reaction. He's a very, very, very reactive figure. I want to talk to you about a very important book that, that, that was read extensively during the Bush regime by liberals and has fallen by the wayside since. And it's an important book that, 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 that if I had the power to reach out to the publisher, I'd say, you really should bring this book back. You really should do another run of this book, and you really should, um, um, you should make a big deal out of it. You should advertise it. You should, should reach out to bookstores book, book with, with in-store displays. And you should reach out to the author and ask her to update the book to cover the threats of the Trump regime. Because this would be a book that would be even more telling and even more contemporary than it was when it came out in the Bush regime. And that book is called The Shock Doctrine. And it's by Naomi Klein. And it's the scariest thing I've ever read. What it says, what it is, is it's a survey of the last century of American global, um, not diplomacy, foreign policy. And it looks at the, the, the last century through the lens of our CIA, which of course hasn't been around for a century. And what it says is that the CIA conclude, concludes with the lords of American industry <clears throat> to go into functioning foreign democracies that happen to be socialist and not capitalist and bring those governments down because the socialist democracies have closed economies that American businesses can't sink their teeth into. They have closed resource systems that American businesses can't sink their, their teeth into. They have closed labor forces that are cheaper than our labor forces that American businesses can't sink their teeth into. But if you replace a socialist democracy with a capitalist dictatorship, what you get is a, is a captive audience of people who have to play ball with American interests. <clears throat> and what you get is a ruling class of an executive branch with a wholly subservient um, uh, legislative authority. I mean, even if they do it in a legislature, many of them don't. And courts that, 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 that are lockstep with, with, with the executive's insights that literally criminalize dissent from American corporate occupation. And 
so long as America and its CIA and its corporations have a really positive relationship with these puppet tyrannies, we love these governments. We love these governments because they're making us money hand over fist and they're increasing our global power. Great! But when those dictators get uppity and want to serve themselves, then they break from the American game plan. And then they're, 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 they're terrible. Then they're criminal. Then they're vile. Then they're wicked, evil men. And then they become enemies, not of America, but of American culture. Bugaboos. Bad men. And it becomes part of our American social cause to aspire to liberate the people of those countries to social to, to, to capitalist democracies, just like we have, which is the ultimate moral good of governance on this planet. The ultimate moral good of government of, of, of governance on this planet is a capitalist democracy. <clears throat> Where am I going with this? Let's just step back for a second. Oh, shock doctrine. <laughs> so, so the the way these the, the the CIA and the American corporate interests accomplish overthrowing functioning socialist democracies because the things, the thing that most people alive today, especially young people alive today, don't realize is that socialist democracies are pretty stable. They do really well. Nobody's rich, but everybody goes. Everybody has plenty, if that makes sense. They're 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 thriving, vibrant, and they do really well. I mean, they're they're not they're, they're they look poor by American standards, but but generally everything's okay. Could be better, but you know you could also say the same thing about our system. A lot of people get left behind in American capitalism. Could be better. <clears throat> the only way to get those governments to regime change is to administer shocks. And that's why the book is called The Shock Doctrine. To administer progressive successions of different kinds of social and existential shocks, not to the heads of state, but to the human populace that the state governs. So that people clamor for more and more and more security against the threats to their lives, the threats to their livelihoods, the threats to their wealth that they perceive as external and internal. There are external threats and there are internal threats. And we call this terrorism. <clears throat> and when we administer these shocks, people lose sight of what works in their governing system and they panic and they demand for change. And if you're ready with an autocrat, you can promise security. by stripping people's liberties from them. 
and they go for it. That's exactly what happened to us with 9-11. Was 9-11 an inside job? I'm not gonna I'm, I'm not gonna touch that. <laughs> I'm not gonna touch that. Well, I, let me let me touch that for a second. I was in building demolition in the 90s, briefly. I've seen buildings come down. I've seen buildings come down. I know what an accidental building collapse looks like, and I know what an intentional building collapse looks like. The, the, the towers fell straight down. They didn't tip over. They fell straight down. And when I was watching the, the live feed on 9-11, you know, I stayed home from work that morning because holy shit, the country's under attack. <laughs> when you're watching the live feed, and, and this is this. I, I think this is why you know it, there's 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 a blackout. Uh, there, were, there there was so much media covering the fall of the towers, covering the attack on the Pentagon. There's so much media out there. And what I saw on Tower Two before Tower Two came down is I I saw a series of charges go off. I was like, oh my God, there it is. Does that mean inside that the nine eleven was an inside job? I don't know. You know, I, I was in finance. I, I had I had friends who worked in the trade centers, who said that for months there were there was all kinds of strange work on the stairwells. Sounded like yeah. I went to finance after I, I left uh, environmental remediation. <laughs> I'm not supposing to know. Who pulled the trigger? What I'm saying is jumbo jets don't topple skyscrapers. Explosives do. And I saw with my own eyes explosives go off. Does that mean the United States government did it? I don't know that the United States government is in the building of top is in the business of toppling buildings. <laughs> the environmental remediation firm that I was part of definitely was in the business of toppling buildings. But is the United States government in the business of toppling buildings? I don't know. It doesn't look like somebody just flew some planes into some buildings and crashed the and 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 scorched the side of the buildings, which is what flying a jumbo jet into a building would do. Flying a jumbo jet into a building isn't going to topple a massive skyscra skyscraper. It's just going to scorch the side of the building. It's going to make those floors unlivable. That's going to be a scar that everyone's gonna see for years. But they're not gonna fall. Buildings fall when they get blown up. And what I saw was a building got blown up. What does that mean? You know, you, you, you look at the video footage of the, of the, 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 the strike on the Pentagon <clears throat> that, that used to be available in the, in the media space. That's not a plane. That's something else. Is it a cruise missile? I don't know. It's something else. It's something else. Did the United States government do this? It's real tempting to say that. But there are real powerful actors in the world that aren't the United States government, that want to see the United States government pushed into a tyranny. And creating a shock like 9-11 was a really successful recipe for delivering us 
from the shores of democracy, not to tyranny. We're not there yet. We're real close now. But we weren't there then. Let's just say to knock us out of democracy. So what we've got going on right now is we've, 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 we've got a much bigger shock happening than 9-11. We have a much, much, much bigger shock than 9-11. Now, is COVID man-made? Who fucking knows? I look at that cell and I, and I think, wow, that is a geometrically perfect cell. That, that looks, that looks man-made. You know, you look at the electron microscope photographs of COVID-19 cells or of coronavirus, of, of, of the coronavirus that generates COVID-19. And it's an unusually symmetrical geometric form. And anything's possible at this point. I mean, the truth of the matter is the, the, the planet is an intelligent system that's under attack by, by, by the human population. It's just as likely that the, that the, the planet exerted its, its influence over the, over the biome and generated a disease. You know, it's, it's just as likely that, 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 that the planet did this. It's also just as likely that the random courses of mutation through, 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 through evolution did this. Unless China's going to stand up and say, actually, we did do this. Whoops. Sorry, guys. <laughs> you know, but it doesn't get you anywhere. You can't get caught up on cause and authorship when you're in crisis. You have to recognize what's happening with the shock. And you have to recognize, you, 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 you got to recognize that the shock is carrying you out of homeostasis and safety and it's, it wants to deliver you to the next period of homeostasis and safety. Trump as a, a neophyte dictator <clears throat> does not inspire safety. He does not inspire comfort. So it's, it's a real hard swallow when he makes motions that are dictatorial because most of us are looking at him and going, you're an offensive asshole. Except for his most ardent followers who are saying, Trump, 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 Trump. Because, you know, because there, there really is a measurable segment of the population that likes bullies. Just, just genetically. There's a measurable segment of the population that likes bullies and equates credible authority and power with the monograms of bullying. So we've got this situation where we've got this massive shock underway. And what's really terrifying to me is there's a second series of shocks that are, that are, that are delayed right now. They're aftershocks. And some of those shocks are associated with the, the, the blooming progression of this illness. We're, 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 what, what we will see is plateaus.
Things are bad right now. The, 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 what, what will probably happen is we'll go on a continuum of increased cases and increased deaths, and then we'll reach a critical mass where the infection rate will, will expand geometrically or parabolically. The death rate will expand geometric or geometrically or parabolically. What this means is there will be a massive, 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 massive leap in infections. It'll be a huge jump. And we'll lose our shit. And it will probably happen because we're sending our children back to school. The infection explosion will probably happen in children. And then there's the economic shit. We're all lost in the shock of infection. And what we're missing is that our economy is shutting down. And we really are. I mean, we're, 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 we're in a worse recession than we were in under Obama. And the recession is steeply crashing into something akin to a depression. And there are economic crashes ahead of us that will serve as additional shocks to the fabric of our society. And we're going to suffer. And we're going to turn to our government and we're going to say, save us, because that's one of the things governments are supposed to do. Governments are supposed to save people from themselves. And our government is really gummed up, not only with corruption, not only with bloat, but more potently and more stridently and more tellingly, our government is deadlocked because we have a political system where we have two parties that don't hate each other. They want to destroy each other. You can't run a democracy when your political system is 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 set, is, is set up as eternal combat between the dark and the light side of the force. You can't have a functioning democracy like that. So what are we facing right now? People are starving. People are out of money. People are going to get evicted. There are going to be a lot of fucking homeless people. There are going to be a lot of people moving home with mom and dad. There are going to be a lot of people displaced. There are going to be a lot of people. There's, there's going to be a crash in the social fabric because our government isn't acting to give us life support. Because the political parties that rule us are more interested in trying to wipe each other off the board than they are benefit the people. And what this means is you're going to take this collection of shocks and you're going to take this disabled government and you're going to, you're going to find that, that, that eventually 
an opening emerges for an autocrat to step through. And right now, Trump wants to fill that opening. <clears throat> he wants to fill that opening. He's, he's, he's working with every iota of his power to be just like his friends Xi Jinping, Vladimir Putin, and Kim Jong-un. Trump sees his opportunity. Whether the shocks are man-made or naturally occurring, people in power understand that the opportunity to gain more power presents itself when the system gets shocked. Trump doesn't have to be a genius. He doesn't have to be a smart tactician. He doesn't have, I mean, he, one, one thing, you, you can say a lot of things about that man. But one of the things that you can say about that man is that he's really, 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 really good at recognizing when there's an opportunity to advance his own interests. And this is the opportunity to, 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 to end all opportunities. This is the opportunity to end all opportunities. If you want to go after major, major, major executive power in, in the, the, the greatest democracy in, in, in human history. Because the reality is we have a network of problems that have been set upon us that the political structure of our governing body is not up to the task of challenging itself to resolve. We're all praying for Biden right now, Biden-Harris, you know, congratulations, Senator, Vice President. It's a good ticket. But the truth of the matter is, unless we hand them both houses of the legislature when they come into power, if they should come into power, if, 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 if Trump doesn't figure out how to steal the government before the election or, or between the election and the inauguration. <clears throat> and if the military lets him, that's ultimately the breaking mechanism on the rise of tyrannies. Does the military go along with it? Does the military go along with it? When the military doesn't go along with it, you have a coup. And then what the militaries usually do is they don't restore democracy. They pick their own dictator. So what are we going to do? Is it enough to vote Biden and, and get the, the, the president in the office? The truth of the matter is... Unless we vote Biden and both houses Democratic, we're screwed. We're, we're, our, our government is hamstrung to preserve us from the ruin that's falling all around us. If, 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 we, if we go Biden, House Democrats, Senate Republicans, we're fucked. So the Senate Republicans have, have, have learned since Obama that, I mean, the, the Republicans have learned that, that, that the most powerful thing that you can do 
is, is obstruct. And there's absolutely, and, and they will not play ball with the Democrats. It's just not even in their vocabulary. They won't do it. They won't do it. They won't fucking play ball. So what do we do? We, we're screwed. We're screwed. We either get a Trump, a second Trump presidency, which pushes us ever further into a di di dictatorship, or we get Biden Kamala, Biden Harris. And Biden's not really, I mean, he's, he's a moderate. And we need, we need something pretty radical right now. Harris is an attack dog. We need something pretty ra radical right now. Where is this going to take us? Where is this going to take us? Where, where do we find our relief? Where do we find our, 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 our restoration? Everybody wants to go back to what was normal. Normal's done. We're entering into a new reality now. Who's going to shepherd us into that new world? And who's going to do it in a way that preserves our liberties? Who's going to do it in a way that, that, that preserves our liberties so that we're free to act, to become what we truly are, so that we can overcome the limitations of industry, the limitations of currency, and we can master the power of our amazing world-marking bodies so that we can act collectively to bring the world into balance and heal the planet so that our children have futures. Who's going to do that? Nobody. 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 Nobody's going to do that. And if they do, and it's one person, if it's a president, they're going to get into office and they're going to be fucking Jimmy Carter. And so long as Mitch McConnell and his ilk shepherd the Republican Party in the Senate, forward momentum is screwed. Restoration is screwed. Re re peace and rest and healing are, are screwed. People aren't going to get a chance, a shot, to restore themselves economically. All right. I like to keep these things to an hour. We'll have more on this soon. I think the next podcast is going to be about normal. Everybody wants to return to normal. So I think the next podcast is going to be about a, 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 a return to normal. And then we're also going to talk after that, um, we're going to talk about collective madness. We're going to talk about reason. We're going to talk about thinking. So we're going to do another podcast. We'll call it Mad World after Tears for Fears. <clears throat> this is Brandon Hackman. This has been Culture Catalyzes Climate. Thank you for listening.